The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but seventy-seven times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought to him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down, did him homage, and said, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him, and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, his fellow servant begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in prison until he paid back the debt. Now when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed and went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger, his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you, unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Forgiveness is a divine commodity. It's something that very often we find difficult, and at times almost impossible. When we do forgive, we like to think of ourselves as being superior. We're lowering ourselves to grant forgiveness of someone beneath us. Real forgiveness, because it is divine, is a somewhat rare thing. And yet, if it is divine, 
it must in some way be reflected in us as humans. It must be something God loves very much because he's done it so often. And God, furthermore, rejoices in forgiveness. How many times in the gospel do we see our Lord forgiving? Actually, it's why he came. That's what redemption is all about. Paying the the price for our sins. Think how often in the gospel the Lord forgives. Remember the man who was let down through the roof. Before our Lord healed him, he said, My son, your sins are forgiven. He didn't ask to have his sins forgiven. He wanted to be cured of his paralysis. But our Lord forgave his sins. So much so that the Pharisees accused him of blasphemy because only God can forgive sins. The woman caught in adultery. Is there no one left to accuse you? No one, sir. Then go. That's the work of God. Forgiveness. In fact, the first of the words from the cross is a word of forgiveness. He forgives those who are crucifying him. Actually, those words of forgiveness are addressed to all humanity. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They're addressed to us too. They know not what they do. Sometimes only our ignorance saves us. If we always knew what we were doing when we offend the Lord, reject him, or just ignore him, we could never be saved. But God forgives And then again, with the good thief. The good thief only asked for a remembrance. And he received forgiveness for all of his sins and the promise of paradise that day. God's forgiveness. How different from ours, isn't it? Again. Sometimes we are reluctant to forgive, sometimes we never will. Or rather, we seem to think But forgiveness lies in the emotions. It doesn't. Forgiveness is an act of the will and is therefore subject to command. It's like love. We we always seem to think love lies in the emotions and love isn't there. Love is in the will. And again, is therefore subject to command. I can forgive you even though I might feel hostile even though you may still want to offend me and may do so again, I can still forgive you. It's an act of the will by which I wish no evil on you. Since a lack of forgiveness is a form of hatred. Remember that horrible scene from Hamlet when Hamlet's uncle, who had murdered his father and married his mother, is standing alone 
and Hamlet sees the occasion to kill him. But he realizes he's just gone to confession. And Hamlet chooses not to kill him then, because when he kills him, he wants him to go to hell. That's hatred, and that's a lack of forgiveness. Uh, I've always thought there was a terrible scene that, imagine, not only do you want to kill him, but you want him to go to hell. That's, uh, that's a lack of forgiveness. And it was just an act of the will. Today's gospel is about that. St. Peter, here we again, St. Peter has been, did very well once, several Sundays ago. And he's been going downhill ever since. Remember just a week or so ago, he's tried to talk our Lord out of, his, out of the cross. And today, he says, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? The law said three. That was what the law said, three times. So Peter thinks he's really doing quite well. He's willing to double it and add one. Seven times? And our Lord then, as always, turns it on him. I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times, or seven, 70 times seven times. Uh, forgiveness is like that. The person may not change, as I said. The person may still harbor hatred for us and want to do us harm. But forgiveness is, again, an act of the will. And one of the best things about it is that forgiveness demands prayer. If I'm going to forgive somebody, I'm going to have to pray for that person. And I can never hate someone whom I pray for. I can always forgive someone for whom I pray. Even though, again, I may have no feelings whatsoever. You know, when I was in Fayetteville, I often had to deal with um, military people. I always enjoyed dealing with the military. Um, And I would have people occasionally ask me, uh, people who had been in the battlefield, um, about the fact that they had to kill someone in battle or kill someone even outside of battle for the protection of the innocent. I would always ask them a series of questions. First of all, did you have to do it? Was there no other alternative? The answer was no, it's either me or that group of people. I see My second question was, did you aggravate the killing to intensify the pain? No, I didn't. And thirdly, did you pray for the person after you'd done it? So that you won't hate that person, and that you can actually forgive them for coming to kill you. That's difficult, but that's real forgiveness. As I said, this gospel is all about that. We have the the servant who owed a debt he could never repay. That's us. We owe God a debt we can never repay. We can't do it. So he begs the master to give him time and he'll pay it back in full. What does the master do? He not only uh, lets him go, he writes off the debt completely, as God does with us. That's God's forgiveness. That's what the sacrament of penance is is all about. God's forgiveness. He writes off the debt. And then, of course, the servant, symbolizing us, won't do the same thing, even though the offense against him is much less. No, in fact, he he sends the man to prison. 
And then the master, God, has to deal with that servant. You know, in the Our Father, we beg for forgiveness. Again, here again, throughout the entire Mass, we're always begging for forgiveness, but particularly the Our Father. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. I once noticed in the Benedictine Monastery that at one point, only the abbot would say the first part of the Our Father. Remember, that was in the Old Mass, too. Um, in the Old Latin Mass, only the priest chanted the Our Father or said it. Because if I say, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and I don't forgive, I'm actually calling down God's wrath on me. In other words, if I don't forgive, then don't forgive me either. We often forget the flip side of that, don't we? The abbot used to say that because the monks, in case they weren't prepared to forgive, shouldn't be saying something that would actually be calling down God's wrath. Now, of course, ideally, we will all be able to let go of whatever there is in us that is lacking in forgiveness before we come before the Eucharist, before we receive it, before we say the Our Father. But those words are serious. We've proclaimed ourselves as forgiving. Not as feeling good about it. Not because the person deserves it. We don't. Not because we want to, but because we must do it. I might point out that it's also good mental health. There are few things more destructive to the human person than a lack of forgiveness. Few things that really draw us down and destroy us internally, physically. That's the physical effect upon us. So we've come here today, once again, before the Eucharist, to rejoice in God's forgiveness of us. We have the penitential right, as I keep saying. We beg for God's forgiveness. We trust in God's forgiveness. And we come here now to receive his body and blood. Having done that, we must become perfect images of charity and perfect images of forgiveness ourselves. Uh, accepting what God has given to us, rejoicing in our freedom, and wanting others to experience it as well. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed with, by the blood of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that her members having received God's forgiveness, may also be instruments of that forgiveness, especially the church persecuted, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our for our nation and for all nations of the world, for peace, and that we may be open to God's healing love, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our for all those who are sick, suffering, dying, lonely, the frustrated, and the confused, that they may know God's peace and mercy in their suffering. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our For a greater respect for human life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who will be symbols and realities of God's forgiveness, for a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, 
that having known God's forgiveness, they too may impart it. We pray to the Lord. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed And for all of us here, that having experienced God's forgiveness, we too may be visible signs of that forgiveness and visible signs of that love and mercy, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to those of the Mother of Mercy as we sing. Mm-hmm. 